Well, again, Merry Christmas. I, uh, I hope as, as you're doing this, I, I, I want to encourage you, turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, um, and uh, we've been going through this. We did a sermon series called The Crown, or sorry, The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown, but I, I want to focus on something, and I think it's something that we all in reality have needed to hear um, over the last year, and, and I want you to think about this. You know, we, we sing the old song, I'll be home for Christmas, um, you know, the, the old Christmas carol and things like that. Um, I, as I started to think about this, there are a lot of things that take place, and I believe a lot of struggles over the last year, um, or nine months even, that have led us to a place to question and say, what does home look like? Um, for some, home has been a safe haven. Matter of fact, I know uh, some people in our church, I know, I know older folks who literally haven't left their home. Um, whose kids and, and, and grandkids are helping by going shopping uh, and things like that. And I, I want to I just dig into this idea of being home for Christmas, what it means, um, how it affects us, and really how we can do this. So I want to ask this question. What comes to mind when I say the word home to you? You don't have to answer, but I, I just want you to think about this. What comes to mind when I say the word home? For some, it might be good memories, in good times. It may be uh, fun events and fun activities, especially around Christmas. You know, uh, as I thought about this, I, I can't help but think of the different memories I have. For me, growing up at home, you know, I oftentimes say this. I mean, I've lived in Missouri as long as I lived in Wyoming, but I still, for some reason, classify Wyoming as home. Um, probably because that's where I was born. That's where I was raised. That's where I grew up uh, and, and things like that. But when I think of home at Christmas time, I think about all the time I spent with family growing up. You know, for us, Christmas Eve always was going to grandma and papa's house where we'd always eat a meal, full meal with all my aunts and uncles and cousins and, and my grandparents. And, and we would go to, to the dinner. After we'd get done with dinner, we'd all load up in cars. We'd drive to church. We'd have our Christmas Eve service. Then after Christmas Eve service, we'd all go back to grandma and papa's house and we would open up gifts. And all of those gifts were the gifts that were from our extended family, from our aunts and uncles, my grandparents and things like that. And then we would get done. And well, and I say that before we'd open gifts, we'd always read the Christmas story, the biblical narrative of the Christmas story. And we'd get done opening our gifts. We'd go back home. We'd have our Christmas, you know, my, my family's Christmas on Christmas morning. And then everybody would go back to grandma and papa's house on Christmas day to basically share with, you know, as a kid to play with. Uh, and show off what you got to your cousins. And sometimes uh, it, would, it would be things that you would play together. So those are things that I remember as memories. The other thing I remember as a memory was my real, the, the, what I would say the first time I really spent a significant amount all of Christmas away from family. Christmas of 1995, I was in Hong Kong, stationed, or not stationed, I was stationed on the USS Nimitz. And we were home, or we were, we were in Hong Kong during Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day, I remember calling. It's directly noon, Hong Kong time. I remember getting on the payphone, standing on the pier outside the ship, called up home. I was like, Merry Christmas. Call everybody at my grandparents' house because it was Christmas Eve there. 
And so those are memories that I think of when I think about home and I, all this idea. But I want you to think about this. Home is more than just a place of residence where one's domestic affections are centered. That's oftentimes what we classify as home. Home is more than just that. As a matter of fact, home uh, is, is more than even what Dorothy says in The Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. And while I agree with that, this idea of there's no place like home, I want to ask you and want to get you to think about what comes to mind when I say the word home. In, in Luke chapter 2, if you're following along with me, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And it says he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Here's what I want you to know, and I, I think this is important for us to keep in mind. Number one, that Jesus, if you remember anything, I want you to remember this, that Jesus came to make us, listen, a part of his family uh, and to give us a home. He came to make us a part of his family and to give us his home. So this idea oftentimes is like, you know, I don't know what your family looks like. I don't know what it was like when you grew up, but Jesus came to make us a part of his family and to give us a home. You know, so it's, if I have good memories of home, some may have bad memories of home. If I have good memories of family, others may have bad memories of family. And I want you to think about this when we talk about how Jesus really turns everything upside down, that Jesus came to make us a part of his family and to give us a home. And the reason why I bring that up here is that David and, or sorry, Mary and Joseph go back to their hometown or back to Joseph's hometown to to register for the census. And I think this is important for us to begin to understand because as we talk about this, this idea that Jesus came to make us a part of his family and give us a home, I want you to understand this, that Jesus was without a home, but he offers us a home with him. Do you get that big picture? I hope you kind of see what's just taking place. Jesus was without a home, but yet he offers us a home with him. Think about this. So they go back, they register. In the midst of registering for the census, Mary gives birth to Jesus, all right? Jesus is placed in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. He's not born in a home. And then here's the crazy thing that happens in this story. When the angel had gone, a matter of fact, there's this this thing that happens, the wise men go, come to show up and they're gonna go and worship Jesus and they come to Herod and they're like, hey, tell us where the star was and Herod's like, go and find Jesus. When you find Jesus, come and tell me where he's at because I wanna go and worship him. And the wise men go, they find Jesus, but they don't go back. They don't go back to Herod, right? And as they don't go back to Herod, as a result, Herod then, it says, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So what we see is Jesus is born, the wise men show up, they celebrate this thing. But in the midst of that, an angel appears and tells Joseph and Mary, hey, you can't go you, or you can't stay here in Bethlehem. You've got to go to Egypt. So now here we have Jesus again without a what? Home. Without a place to dwell. Without a, a place where he's around family. Without other than just his direct family. And so there's something unique about this. That Joseph goes to his hometown to register for the census. Jesus is born. As a result of Jesus' birth, Jesus and, and, and really all the young babies are now put into a death sentence because Herod goes and tells all the guys, you got to kill every boy, every kid that's under, every boy under the age of two. And so Jesus and Joseph and Mary flee to Egypt. And then we get to Matthew, Matthew chapter uh, two, verse 19. And it says, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life have died. So Herod passes away. Joseph gets this dream. And in the midst of this dream, he's told to go back to Israel. So he starts to head back to Israel, right? He's, he's going back where? Home. The only problem is Herod's son is now in a possession or in, in, in a a position of authority, and Joseph, worried about what could happen, decides and says, hey, we can't go to Bethlehem, we're going to go to Nazareth, all right? And in the midst of this, here's what happens, here's the uniqueness of the story, is that that is the fulfillment of prophecy, because the prophecy said that he would be from Nazareth. Jesus, imagine this, again, born in a manger, born in a cradle, born in a town that's not his home, sent away as a result of the fact that his life was called for by Herod, goes to Egypt, Herod dies, comes back as a result of his dad coming back, seeing an angel, comes back and realizes, we're not going to Bethlehem, you're going to go to Nazareth. And you're going to be raised in Nazareth. As a matter of fact, Nazareth, most people would say back in scriptural or biblical time, nothing good comes from Nazareth. So here, here's what we're talking about. Jesus is without a home, but he offers us a home with him. And here's the crazy thing. All throughout Jesus' life, he dealt with this to a point where in Matthew chapter eight, Jesus says this, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So there's something to be said here that Jesus was without a home consistently throughout his life. If you look at Jesus, Jesus' life is almost a nomadic type setting. The way he was raised, the way he grew up under the, 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 the ministry that he was taking part in, Jesus was without a home. But listen, here's the good news. Jesus came to offer us a home with him, to, to make a home in your life. And so Jesus was without a home, but listen, he offers us a home what? With him. And so, you know, the beauty and the promise of this is this, that no matter where you're at, no matter what you've struggled with, no matter how or, or what circumstances, situation you're in, you may be what you would classify and say, I don't have a home. But you do have a home with Jesus. 
Why? Because Jesus was without a home, but he offers us a home with him. I want you to see this too. When we talk about Jesus coming to make us a part of his family and to give us a home, I want you to know this, that life, and I think this year would be a testimony to that, life takes you unexpected places, but love brings you home. Life takes you unexpected places, but love brings you home. You know, we talk about this idea, this year has been hard for many. Some have lost loved ones, some have lost homes, some have lost jobs, some have been at home for months, some aren't able to gather with family because they're worried about infecting others with a virus. All of these things begin to be those unexpected circumstances and unexpected places, and life may take you to unexpected places, but love always brings you Home. In Luke chapter 15, there's a story about the prodigal son. The prodigal son has this great relationship with his father. He's got a brother. But in the midst of growing up, he decides at some point, he says, look, I don't want what you have here. Just give me my money and let me go do my own thing. Right? And maybe you're a parent and you're like, yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> right? That's my, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's, maybe that was you. All right, but listen, there's this great story about the son who walks away from his father and his family. He asks for his inheritance. The father divides his inheritance. And listen, this young son, this young prodigal son, he goes off to a faraway land, according to Luke chapter 15, and it says he squandered it all with wild living. Now, I want you to think about that. This is that idea that life will take you to unexpected what? Places that there are things that you and I can realize that are outside of our control. Like the last I checked, I am not able to control anybody else but myself to a certain extent even. I can't control my life as far as whether I live or die. That's up to the Lord. I can't, I don't know my day, my time, my hour. I don't know any of that. What I do know is this, that in the midst of every circumstance and situation, I'm given an opportunity to praise him or to curse him. I'm given an opportunity to walk with contentment because God has me in that situation or to walk with the mentality that says, God, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done. And here's the crazy thing. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, it says this, when, when this prodigal son came to his senses, get that idea, right? When he finally came to his senses, it says, when he came to his senses, he realized that life was better with his father. And it would even be better if he was a servant of his father than to be in the certain circumstances, situation he was in at the time. And so, again, life can take you unexpected places, but what? Love brings you home. This is the message of the gospel. That life, your life may have taken you in unexpected circumstances and unexpected ways into unexpected places, but love brings you home. And here's the truth of the matter, that the love of Jesus is, is always calling, is always asking, is always saying, come home, come to me, come to Jesus, come to the Father. All right? But I want you to also see this, that this idea of life taking you unexpected places, but love brings you home, I think takes on a whole new dimension because God's desire is for you to return to him. But I also believe this, that God's desire is for you to listen, to come home, 
to come home, come home to him, yes, but I believe to come home to the church. When we talk about this whole idea of being home, being home for Christmas, I believe that there are a lot who are wandering to a certain extent because of the unexpected circumstances, the unexpected places that life has taken them that are looking for home. And all I can say is I believe that our church is a great place to find a home. God desires for you to return to him, just like the son did to the father. And the father says, as the father saw the son off in the distance, the father went running to the son. Get this, this picture. The father goes running to the son. Now, you and I know in most circumstances and situations, the son wanders off, leaves and says, give me all my inheritance. I'm going to go somewhere else and wanders off. What does, what happens most of the time? I see him in the distance and it's like, I'm going to walk away and make him come and see me. But that's not the message of the story of the gospel. That's not the message of what Jesus wants to portray. It's this idea that Jesus pursues us. Jesus is running after us. And so life takes you unexpected places, but listen, God's love brings you home. And then number three, listen, number three is this. Home is where your story begins. I believe that wholeheartedly. Home is where your story begins, all right? Listen, God is not through writing your story. God is not through writing my story. God is working in, even in the midst of these difficulties at continuing to write each one of our stories. And listen, the ache for home lives in us all. The ache for home lives in us all. There's this idea of a safe place of refuge where we can go and, and we can go as we are, that we can be accepted, that we can be loved for, we can be cared. And listen, Jesus loves you unconditionally and he showed that in his death on the cross. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he comes and makes his home in your life. So here we are, Jesus was without a home, but he came to offer us a home with him but the idea is this, that Jesus makes his home in what? Your life and my life. Matter of fact, in scripture, it says this, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells, lives in you, through you, for you, to walk with you, to strengthen you, to counsel you, to comfort you. And so listen, when we become a part of a family, when you become a part of a family, you become a part of a family that loves you, a family that has, listen, its flaws and its difficulties, but one that I believe is called to respond unconditionally, to say, hey, we love you, that we care for you, that regardless of what you did going off and squandering and chasing and going to these unexpected places, we still love you and we care for you. And listen, there is a unique family that I believe that God brings to us that God offers us called the church. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8, listen to this, says this. Uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. He says this, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Listen, I believe wholeheartedly that the Lord feels the same way about you and about me in each one of these ways. God loves you. God calls you to be a part of his family. God wants to write your story. Listen, when we talk about this, home is where your story begins. You ever notice when somebody starts talking about it, you're like, you know, tell, tell me what went on. Well, I was born, I was born wherever. And then we start to tell the story of, of where our story began, right? You know, 
And as you get older and older, you might say, hey, I was born in Wyoming. I lived there until I was, you know, for me, 18. Or I was born in Missouri and I lived there my whole life. And there, there are things, but home is where your story begins. And listen to me, here's the beauty of this, is that your story's not over. Regardless of where you're at, regardless of the places life has taken you, regardless of the circumstances you've been dealt, none of our stories are over. God continues to write your story. Your story might right now might look a little, matter of fact, you might wish you could go back. I know sometimes this is me. God's writing a story and sometimes I wish I could go, God, can I erase this part? Will you rewrite this? Because I didn't do so well here. This was, this was when I walked away from you. This is when I decided to do my own thing. But listen, home is where your story begins, but listen, it's not where it ends. Home is where your story begins and home is where your story continues to be written. You know, everywhere I have lived, and I, I, I grew up, like I said, up until I graduated high school, I lived my whole time in one town. And then I've lived in Florida and Washington. I've lived in Missouri and Texas. I'm trying to remember where else I've lived. I think that's about it. San Diego, California area, roughly. I've lived in all of those areas. And people would say, well, what was it like? What was it like to be home? What was home? And what I found was this, that home was always what I made it. And I know it wasn't home when I was on a ship, living uh, on a ship, even when we were in port. But listen, it was still home. Even though it wasn't home, I wasn't home with family, things like that was home. Home is what you make it. And home is where your story begins. And home, when we talk about this idea of being home for Christmas, is just the hope that I believe that all of us can have, that we are home with Jesus. That's the promise of the Christmas story. Now listen, he came to make you a part of his family and to give you a home with him. And I hope that just as we enter into this Christmas season, and I hope you hear me out on this, I believe here at Three Trails, there's no greater place to connect to be a part of a home to be a part of a family because the Lord feels the same way about you and me, that he chases after us, that he pursues us even when we squandered everything and you and I are welcome here. We, as a matter of fact, I say this, we invite you here. We, we wanna see people come home for Christmas and I believe that those are people who have been gone. I believe that there are people who have not become a part of a church or not put their faith and trust in Jesus. But listen to this. Will you come home for Christmas? Could you say that? I'll be home for Christmas. Here's how we're going to do this. And I, I believe one of the great things that I love about Christmas Eve service is this candlelight uh, portion of it. And, and I'm going to have the band come up and uh, play. And we're going to pass this around. I know we got a small group, but we're just going to uh, as you grab your candle, I'll light it. We'll kind of light it around. We'll just kind of pass this around. We're gonna close with this very simple. But I, I think about this, that when Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, it basically tells us that the dark world saw a great light. And I think about this, you know, we spent a couple nights ago out looking at the Christmas star through a telescope. They call it the Christmas star, Jupiter and Saturn, we're right out here to the, I guess, kind of the Southwest. And I think about that star, but I want you to think about the star that led people to Jesus. And keep, keep this in mind. 
God is light. In him, there's no darkness. And so as we sing this and we talk about this idea of, of a silent night or oh, little town of Bethlehem, and we think about this, that Jesus is our light and that you and I, maybe we've walked in darkness, maybe we've struggled, maybe we are looking for answers and hope, maybe we're trying to find a, uh, somebody to write our story. And I believe wholeheartedly that God wants to write your story. And all you've got to do is follow the light. To put your faith and trust in the light. Why? Because God is light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the hope of Jesus, the light of the world. And God, I pray that this Christmas would just be a blessing and encouragement, a time for us to celebrate, a time to focus on home and family, a time to remember a time to think about, a time to reflect on. God would use this as a time to build us up, to encourage us. Help us be people of, with great passion and great excitement, with great grace for those who are around us. And God, I know that some may, may not have a home or family around here. And God, I pray for their comfort during this time. I pray that you would be their home and that they would have the peace that passes all understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.